You want to be hardcore, you want to be extreme. Well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes. And please be drunk when you hear it. It's a drunk podcast. I can rim like a motherfucker. You already saw my Sullivan in San Diego. He got a golden shower. Bundy just fucking cream pied Albano. I've been drunk. I've never been cum drunk. What's up, Drunk Marks and Drunk Marquettes? Welcome to Drunk Wrestling History. I'm Adam. I'm your designated host. They are the Drunk Wrestling Historians. This is Eddie. Let us drink till thine asses are drunk. And this is Scott, providing education through inebriation. Thank you all very much for joining us. We've got a great episode planned for you today. We're going to list off uh, some stuff that we... uh that we organized and worked out for today's show. But before we get into that, just a few reminders. Head over to whatamaneuver.net so you can get those Drunk Wrestling History t-shirts. That way you can look the look and talk the talk of a true Drunk Wrestling Historian. And, uh, let's see. Eddie, I know that you have some notes uh, before we jump in. I do have some notes. Um, Do you want to go over the notes first or what we're drinking first? Oh, drinking first and then uh, we can jump into those. Okay, what are you drinking? Drinking um, a cocktail I haven't named yet, um, but every year for my birthday, starting last year, I get myself a really nice bottle of mezcal. And uh, this is uh, Illegal Mezcal. Illegal? Illegal, yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's a whole backstory to it that I'm not going to get into, it, but yeah, that's it's named that for a reason. But um, it's mixed with um, maraschino liqueur, Aperol, and lime juice. It's fucking very summery. Fantastic. No breast milk in that. No, I lo- I told you I lost access to that. <laughs> it's very <laughs> unfortunate. Um, but uh, if either of you want to work on uh, you know, taking care of that so I can get some more. I'll see what I can do. Or at least get you some unpasteurized milk. There you go. I'll try. <laughs> uh, but happy birthday, Eddie. Grazie. You're one of my best friends in the whole universe. I love you. And happy birthday. <laughs> Mark. So, <laughs> since we're celebrating your birthday, kind of, sort of, blackened in water, the usual, and to you, I raise a toast. There's none like you, Eddie. Here's to you. <laughs> Sucking my dick. am. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Well, you don't remember that from uh, Ford Fairlane? No? Oh, dude, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that movie in like 25 years. No, I don't remember that. <laughs> what? Dude, I watched it like last Sunday. <laughs> Gotta watch it at least once a year. Come on. Was that the same day you watched Bedazzled with Peyton? Did you watch Ford Fairlane with Peyton? <laughs> no. <laughs> it wasn't Bedazzled, you clown. It was fucking clueless. Oh, clueless, clueless, yeah. I, <laughs> well, those are my two favorite rom coms. I mixed them up. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Alright. So I my week has been busy. Uh I didn't really have time to shop. So or charge your phone. I, or, or charge my phone. That was the issue for today. But you love to I pull did, back that curtain. But I did find uh, a random bottle of ginger ale. It's just the closest thing to soda that I could find. I think I remember getting this just because it was on sale. And the reason why is because this is now expired for about four months. So 
This will be interesting, but I think it's still good. Nice. Uh, Adam, we offer thoughts and prayers. <laughs> All right, let's get into... As the world usually does. Uh, you're, okay, we took care of uh, beverages, uh, notes before jumping yeah, in. Yeah, let's get into uh, the people I want to put over. Go for it. Um, first one is a guy called Bruno Pereira, who has commented on a couple of our YouTube videos. I was going to read his comment last time we recorded, but I couldn't find it. Um, but this time he's out of Portugal, Scott, your, uh, your, uh, motherland. Yes. My motherland. Exactly. And, um, he said, um, great review on the, uh, WrestleMania 14 episode and hugs from Portugal, which was sweet. I like that. Yeah. And I awesome. really want to, and I've always wanted to go to Portugal. One of these days I'm going to get over there. Um, we got a review from John, John, four, one, eight, three, who Scott, you knew him, right? John, John, was that Dobro? Dobro. Right. Oh, love Dobro, dude. Great friend of the Fully Posable podcast and now a great friend of Drunk Wrestling History. We love Dobro. Totally, totally. He also just tweeted me and he said, Friday night at work, binge listening to Drunk Wrestling History. Again, phenomenal show. You guys definitely need to subscribe. And he's right. You do need to subscribe. Uh, but his review was, a damn good time every episode. This show you will have you reminiscing and laughing and crying and all the good emotions. This, These three will make your day better with every listen. Highly recommend. And um, I tracked him down. He's on Instagram at John John with no H, 4183. So follow him on Instagram. Uh, one more. I don't remember if I read this. Um, it was from a guy called Jude Foliage, which I have no idea what that name means. Uh, he said, not. Uh, he said, great to hear from Cat's around my age group talking about the stuff back in the day. Keep up the good work and bring the wives back once in a while. FYI, I turned 40 this September. Ugh. And I feel your pain <laughs> on that turning 40, brother. <laughs> um, we have new aches and pains every single day. Yeah, oh my god, dude. I can't lay in bed past eight hours. My lower back gets stiff. It's fucked. Um, so that's what you have to look for. And you have to look for it. Well, it's, it started for me when I was around 35. The two-day hangovers. Those are totally fucked. Yeah, um, what is that? Age. Age, that's it. That's yeah, bullshit. Um, but uh, thanks for the review. If I read this before, you got put over twice. Um, and also, since you mentioned the wives, we got we got a comment about that from someone else, too. They're going to be coming up soon. We have something planned for them in the next couple months. Um, I also want to put over the Grappler Gazette podcast. Those guys follow me on Twitter. I followed them back. They DM'd me, which, to be honest, I thought was kind of obnoxious. They DM'd me saying, can you guys check out my show and rate it? And I'm like... All right, but I checked it out. and It was pretty good. Um, I don't often put over other wrestling podcasts. There are only a handful I, I mentioned because most of them are actually pretty fucking bad. These guys are pretty good. <laughs> I liked it. So Grappler Gazette podcast. Check. I'm just. I'm not being a dick. I'm being honest. <laughs> there, are more, there are more bad ones than there are good ones. It's a but thin I, line, dude. Yeah, right. Being a dick and being honest. I mean. But I like this one. Um, and the last thing I want to uh, mention is we recently got a listener in Argentina. I always mention new countries to get listeners from. And um, so I want to say salute to him and also that one dude in India. Thank you for being a friend. They love the way all. we swing. <laughs> and that's all I've got to say about that. Yep. You know, we, those, like, list out t-shirts like this and this and this, we need to release a new one that says, like, Eddie and Scott and Adam and that one dude in India. <laughs> <laughs> I will, Adam, I will have that made. I will wear it to uh, SummerSlam. <laughs> awesome. Or I'll wear it in Vegas. I'll wear, I won't wear it to SummerSlam. I'm going to wear the Drunk Wrestling History shirt. 
to SummerSlam, but I'll wear that shirt in Vegas. Also, <laughs> good job mentioning that. Um, if anybody's going to Vegas for SummerSlam, come meet us. Come meet up with us after the show. We're going to be at Mandalay Bay at the what's it called, Scott? The Hazel Cafe. Uh, yes, the Hazel or the Hazelnut Cafe or Hazelized Cafe, something like Hazel something Cafe. Yeah, I think it's just the main big lounge that every casino has that's raised up like three steps, you know. And they or hit us of, up on Twitter and we'll tell you where we're at. Yeah, we might be at Scores, you know. Just tweet us. <laughs> we're not going to be at Scores after SummerSlam. I don't know Dude. that. Well, we're Ve- more than likely going to be inside can Mandalay Bay. Well, <laughs> fucking hit us up on Friday. You know what I mean? Like, if you guys want to hang out, like, tweet us, whatever. Wait, wait, wait. No, that's not Scores. That's Spearmint Rhino, isn't it? Or Spearmint Rhino, whatever. Yeah, Friday we're hanging out, dude. So, look, we don't have to meet up on like on Saturday after SummerSlam. It can be at the strip club on Friday night. That's true. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. All right, Adam, let's get into the episode. We uh fuck what, man, f- that was like a 15, 10 minute intro. 20 minutes later, something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. All right. It Here we go. Knuckles cracking, crack, 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 crack. All right. Today's episode is uh it's not a Mount Rushmore episode like we have done in the past, but we are listing out uh, some things that we have all compiled. We're going to be talking about superstars that weren't. So maybe they had a debut and you could see potential, but they just didn't get that star power like like a heavyweight uh, contender would have or just anyone really put over. We're going over the superstars that weren't. So, okay, so we all made a list. I think we picked three each. I picked three. You, Adam, picked three. I got Scott, three. I assume you picked three as well. I picked four because I'm sure we're going to have some overlap. That's eh, not with mine. I think but, so, uh, dude. I, I There has to be at least one name that you guys have picked that I have. So I put an extra one in there just should in we, case. Should we put a bet on this? Like, should we bet something? Okay, no. so... No, I already owe you a beer in Vegas, so no, I'm not betting anything. I have three, but I have just some honorable mentions that I didn't put notes for. Okay, I I did the same thing. We kind of always do that. So who wants to go first? Adam's going to go first. I'm going to go first. Very good. And I'm going to start off with Leo Rush. Whoa. (laughs) All right. All right, so I guess... uh, He's uh, just retired uh, after injury, um, making his uh, rec- or most recently made an AEW appearance. But uh, yeah, just due to injury, couldn't keep up. Decided to hang up the boots, which is absolutely fine. Take care of yourself first. My impression of him was like uh, he was the annoying manager of uh, Bobby Lashley. Uh, I'm sure. I didn't watch him on NXT, but I'm sure he was like a good, uh, like a good competitor there. But he was like that annoying prick. He'll find uh, his way to weasel into matches, interfere, uh, just try to put him over. That's true. He he was more annoying than threatening as a heel. Uh, but then that partnership breaks off, and he just becomes a straight up uh, cruiserweight uh, on 205 and on NXT. He. My that impression changed to his he's the newer, modern, more refreshing Rey Mysterio. So I was very impressed with the way that he flew around. Uh that 
His uh, finisher, the Kamala, a bottom rope bounce back stunner. That was called a Kamala? Uh, I'm. I think so. Does he know who Kamala is? Or was it called the Kamala? The Ka- Maybe the Kamala? Does he know who Kamala is? <laughs> I'm sure. Because bo- neither way does it make sense. <laughs> I'm sure to both of those, yes and yes. Unless Spellcheck just got the best of me on this one. Uh, And then he also had a frog splash. Pretty much the style of Rob Van Dam. So I'd say as a cruiserweight, maybe not as much impact, but he got some serious air. He hit it at the right spot. You could really uh, mess a guy up. I just thought he was really refreshing. He was was just getting started. And then suddenly injuries uh, caught up to him. Uh, He was also a cruiserweight... Cruiserweight champion, so I thought he was bred well to be a, a long-term competitor. But, but yeah, looks like uh, the body just uh, couldn't take it. Would have loved to see uh, more more competition out of him, whether heel or face, but that's why I got Leo Rush. All right. I think that's a really interesting pick, um, and I'll tell you why. I definitely would never have seen him as being a big-money superstar as far as a wrestler. But as a manager, he could have been great. Like he had money written all over could, him for manager. He really did. He was really he was cool to watch in the ring, but he wasn't. He didn't really wrestle the style, especially in WWE. He didn't wrestle the kind of style that was ever going to make him a huge star. And working for Vince McMahon, his size definitely worked against him because he was probably what 170 pounds or something, something like that. Some, yeah, I mean, he was tiny. Easily. He was way too small. And I mean, he's. Ray Mysterio probably has 25 pounds on him, and Ray is by far the smallest, big top guy who's ever worked for Vince. And he was, let's be honest, he wasn't Ray Mysterio. You know, he wasn't that good. Um, but he was very unique, and I, th- and I'm sure he could take a good ass whipping as athletic as he is. But his greatest attribute, as far as wrestling goes, was definitely talking shit. And I think he could have been. If he had just been a manager or they had used him as a manager, I think he'd still be there. And like you said, he retired because of injury. They should now bring him back as a manager. I think it would be a killer manager. I agree. He's really easy to dislike. No, that's a very good point. The way I could see it, he's like a younger or... Okay, if you were a manager for someone right now, would MVP have come back and started up the Hurt business? Because I don't... Because if that's the case, I would see like a lot of similarities between the two. He could talk because he has wrestled before. He's not just a manager, and uh, just not uh, he's he wouldn't be one of those of like like I wouldn't do something that I wouldn't do myself. You know what he was? You know what he is? He was if he were a manager, he'd be like a young Jimmy Hart. Yes. Oh, okay. you know what I mean? Okay. Just like yes, yes, fucking annoying. You know, like, Jimmy Hart didn't do, like, dastardly deeds like Bobby Heenan did. He was fucking annoying. Like, you just wanted someone to punch him in his mouth because he just annoyed you. That's what Leo Rush was. So, I agree. I agree with you. I think that's a good pick. No. I think that's a really good pick. That makes sense. Yeah, very far off my radar, but really good pick. Okay. Cool. Do you want to go next, Scott, or you want me to go next? I'll go next, dude. Okay. So, this one might be on your list. I'm going to go Muhammad Hassan. So Muhammad Hassan did not make my list. And the only reason for that is because I felt like I covered him well enough on the Never Champ episode. 
But this guy had champion written all over him when he first he, debuted. He absolutely did. He had everything Vince wanted in a guy. He mm-hmm. had the build. He had the charisma. He had, quote unquote, it when he came in the door. Mm-hmm. He had a manager with him. He was everything you wanted that heel to be. And unfortunately, the CW Network sunk him. Yeah. But that guy, there's no doubt in my mind. Look, they put him in a spot with Hogan at 21. That's huge. You don't get much bigger than that, right? Mm -hmm. Even though Hogan's star had faded by 21, it was still fucking Hulk Hogan that they put him in the ring with. But it had barely faded by 21, or it had faded and, like, come back because that was the night after Hogan went in the Hall of Fame. Well, correct. Okay, so we're not talking, like, WrestleMania 30 or 31 star faded Hulk Hogan. No, but Hogan was as over as anyone in the company that okay. night. That night. Yes. So you put him in a ring with a superstar of Hulk Hogan's stature, you're giving him a rub, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Hogan kind of jobbed him out that night, whatever. But they still put him in the ring with Hogan. They had big plans for this guy. And unfortunately, they listened to the CW network. They didn't like an angle that was running at the time. They derailed it, and the Hassan character just kind of went by the wayside. And it's unfortunate because the dude's like, what, selling cars or insurance or some shit now? Here he's a teacher or something. He had it, and not everybody has that. You know, you come in, you just – and there's just quote-unquote it. You've got the total package, and that was Hassan. Unfortunately, bad timing with an angle. He's out the door, and – he just he never was what he was supposed to become. Yeah, you're totally right. The dude got a raw deal. And I've said this before. I've, I think I've said this a few times. He and Kurt Angle are the only two guys I ever saw on night one. I said they're going to be world champion. Yes, I agree and with I, you. And if they hadn't got... I don't think it's fair to completely blame CW. I think WWE should take a little bit of the blame, too. Because they got oh, sure. really carried yeah. away. Because... The, they they got all the the complaints on C, from CW when they um did the thing where they carried Undertaker out you know like they just like murdered they executed Undertaker right if that was pretty fucking crazy you know like that was pretty harsh so the company should take a little bit of the uh, the heat for what happened to him yeah because it wasn't like Hassan also, just fucking did that yeah like, and they're they also, told him to go do it yeah and I think they could have brought him back in another way too you know like I think he. It was really wasted potential, and it was it was totally the company's fault. I blame them more than I blame CW, but I think they were just kind of like gun shy with him at that point. You know, they were like, "Let's just fuck, fuck it." You know, let's just get rid of him. It's just too hot. We can't handle it. But yeah. I completely agree with you, dude. Like, he should have been a way, but he should still be there. You know, he should be like Randy Orton at this point. He should be the guy who's been champion. You know, maybe double digits, and is still. You can still plug him into like a SummerSlam main event. You know, he should be that kind, that level of superstar. He should be a millionaire. Oh, many but times over. The problem is they couldn't figure out how to repackage him. And I don't know why, because he was good. Like it wasn't like. Okay, I'm gonna, my first pick is a perfect example of who you can't repackage, because he was kind of not. He wasn't Muhammad Hassan. He wasn't as good as him. But um, I don't know why they couldn't figure out what to do with him. It's crazy to me. Well, who's who's number one on your list? All right, so let's go on to mine. My first pick 
is, and I'm going way back to uh, 19, I think, 93, Ludwig Borga. Dude, he's second on my list. Oh, real? Okay, when you said I we're going to have told overlap, you we were I was have like, no, overlap. overlap. Dude, I was like, no, we're not. Okay, you're right. I'm glad I didn't bet, bet you a beer. So I'm scratching. Yeah, I'm scratching Ludwig Borga off my, off my list right now. I totally didn't think anyone. I knew Adam wouldn't think of Ludwig Borga, and I definitely didn't think you would. So, okay, Ludwig Borga, he was from Finland. Right, so they brought him in as the foreign heel. Uh, really interesting fact about Ludwig Borga: he became obsessed with moving to America after he saw a Taxi Driver, which is really weird because <laughs> I'm the biggest Martin Scorsese movie uh, Scorsese fan in the world. Casino rules. D- taxi Driver doesn't. <laughs> and you know what? I haven't seen it since I was like 16. Maybe if I watch it now, I'd feel differently. But I was not impressed with Taxi Driver. It was like, it was okay. You know, it was definitely not Casino. And by the way, Casino rules. No, Goodfellas rules. It does. I can't even yeah. argue with that. I, I love both movies. Yeah. So he moved to LA when he was pretty young. Um, started doing steroids and bodybuilding, of course. And uh, do you know who he, who he was um, a, a bodyguard for? Uh, MC Hammer. No. No, was, no, it wouldn't be pre-MC Hammer. Um, Vanilla Ice. But no, Cheap Trick and Gene Simmons. Oh. My yeah. next guess was going to be uh, Shock G. So right. I'm glad that you just answered for me. Shit. Yeah, so he's trained by Vern. <clears throat> then his first big deal job was in the UWF working for Herb Abrams. Oh, okay. As the, as the Viking, because apparently Herb, in his fucking coked up mind thought that Vikings were from Finland. Um, <laughs> then he works in New Japan, which when I read that, I was like, he's a perfect New Japan guy. He would be a good New Japan guy now. You know, he's yeah. uh, like, like bad luck. Uh, Foley. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? He's like that kind of wrestler. You just um, shoehorned him in. Come on, dude. Yeah. Well, you, you know how much of a fan I am of his. I, this is true. I love You're him. his only fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure both of his parents are fans. <laughs> the Follies. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Folly. Okay, um, so he has three. Yeah, so he worked over there with um, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Fit Finley, Bobby Eaton. Like, he was a big deal. He was in main events over there. It's quite a resume. Yeah, he comes to WWE in July 93, and they start doing these really cool vignettes. And this is like, they don't really do that many of these. Back then, they used to do a lot more vignettes for people when they were coming in. Um, and this is one of the earliest ones that I can remember. I'm sure there were plenty before. But this is, he, was he before 93? Yes. Okay. So he's around the same time. Um, and he's just all he's doing is burying America. And you're like, damn, <laughs> Hogan's gone. But <laughs> who's going to fight this guy? He like did a vignette where he's like at a river and there's like garbage in the river. And he's like, you Americans pollute your country and it's disgusting <laughs> and you're terrible. And it was like, this is fucking cool. They're bringing him in as this good foreign heel. And he was huge, big, ripped, fucking muscular guy. He had this awesome buzz cut like um, Beavis and Butthead's PE teacher. Right. What's the guy's name? Um, oh, fuck, dude. I don't yeah, remember. I, oh, I know Mr. Van Dreesen. I know Mr. Van Dreesen and Principal Vickers, but I can't think of the PE teacher's name. But he's got the buzz cut like that, dude. Um, so he Bud does Cotton that for Beaver, like. I think he called him. <laughs> yeah. So he does that for a few months, and um, he shows up at SummerSlam, whips Marty Jannetty's ass. And Marty, at this point, is a, a former Intercontinental Champion. Like, he's no joke. 
And then he right away goes into a feud with Luger, which makes perfect sense because it's the all-American Lex Luger. Yeah, Hogan's and gone. Who's going to fight him? It's going to be right, Luger. He's the anti-American, which is funny, too, because like Finland is like totally an ally country. <laughs> hey, look, the average American watching WWF does not know this. I wonder how many people listening to this podcast can find Finland on a map. Not me. <laughs> Seriously? Probably not. Public school I education, dude. I think I can. Wow. I'm pretty, sh- I'm pretty sure I can. I would just need to see it. Dude, I have I a Bachelor of Science maybe. in Psychology. No way I could fucking find Finland on a map. That's crazy. I can find Uranus in the solar system, <laughs> but not Finland. I work, I work with the guy where one time I was like, he's hella stupid. I said, dude, besides England, I think France and Italy name three countries in Europe. He could name zero. <laughs> Jesus. I was, like, I was like, really? You never heard of like Ireland? Or, he's fucking Not moron. even Ireland? Oh, God. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So he feuds with Luger. He, break, he broke Tatanka's undefeated streak, which was almost two years long, on an episode that, of Superstars. Gigantic, dude. That was That's a big huge. deal in 90. Yes, absolutely. That, absolutely. Was longer, that was longer than Mr. Perfect's undefeated streak. Might have been longer than Goldberg's, too, later on in, like, 98. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Oscars. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. I never thought of it before. Tatanka had the longest undefeated streak. Yeah, Tatanka was no joke, dude. Like, when he beat Tatanka, it was like, oh, fuck. Like, this Ludwig Borga guy is a big deal. That's why yeah. he made my list, because he beat Tatanka. Yeah, okay. So, Survivor Series, he teamed with Yoko, Jacques, and Crush as the foreign fanatics, which apparently Hawaii is a different country, because that's where Crush is from. It's a totally different country. Yeah, and they wrestled uh, Lex Luger, Undertaker, Steiners. They were called the All-Americans. And that was actually, yes. that ended up being his biggest match. And he fucked his ankle up not long after that, I think in January, working with Rick Steiner. And that, that was sort of it. Can and you imagine was, that? Like, the the star trajectory of Ludwig Borga was derailed in a match with Rick Steiner. Right. Who Sad. was a tag team wrestler. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. It was. I don't know if it was a house show or a superstars or what. But it was a bullshit match that didn't matter. Exactly. And that was it. Freak um, injury. He was supposed to be in the Rumble. And supposedly, he was supposed to work with Earthquake at WrestleMania that year. And it all got shut down. And that was kind of it. He went to Japan, worked there for a bit. And I think he went into, like, MMA for a minute. Um, He ended up... <laughs> it was kind of crazy. He ended up getting elected to the par- uh, Finnish Parliament. Not long, like, you know, like 10 years later, I shouldn't say not long, but later, he got elected to finish Parliament. In July 2003, he shot a gun in his apartment, and he went to the hospital, which I didn't read that he shot himself, but I guess you would only go to the hospital if you shot yourself. He claimed he was on painkillers because of a boxing match he had recently, or kickboxing match he had recently had, but he had meth in his system. (laughs) He claims someone put the meth in his drink in his apartment, (laughs) which is about as believable. That's about it. Who? The gun. Yeah. Yeah. Someone in your apartment putting meth in your drink is about as believable as bringing powdered aspirin to a subway station. Mm. Um, We're looking so at you, Bruce Beefcake. <laughs> yeah. His trial was on TV. He, got, he just got a fine. He stayed in Parliament. In 2006, he um, got a DUI. 
and then he got committed to a mental hospital because he was a drunk. Um, and he was diagnosed with cirrhosis of the liver and pancreatitis. He was still in Parliament. And then in 2010, he shot himself. And that was the end of him. Damn. If he had only yes. kept going, he could have been the fourth member of this podcast. <laughs> oh, fuck. Sad. Um, Very sad. So basically, like, I wouldn't have expected him to be championed because of the way the company was structured at that point. You know what I mean? Like, maybe if he was championed, it would be for like a month or two. But I didn't ever think he'd be that level. But I thought he would have, like, worked with the champ for six months. Like, say, rumbled to uh, SummerSlam. And I would have thought he would have been, like, higher level on the... You know, like an upper mid carter after that as a heel. And um, that's kind of it. Also, he had a Nazi SS tattoo on his calf. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, Jesus. that's why he wore those uh, like half half length tights to cover that up. That totally makes sense. But yeah, he was number yeah. two on my list, dude. I'm I'm right there with you. I thought he was going to be, be a big deal. And here's the thing, too, is kind of going back to my wrestling figure roots. They made a Hasbro figure of him. Like, you didn't I've seen get it. a figure. Yeah, you didn't get an action figure made of yourself unless they had big plans for you. Now, you can throw that out in regards to Ted RCD and Outback Jack <laughs> because they had LJNs, but right. there was a Hasbro of Ludwig, meaning they had plans for him. Like, he wasn't supposed to be just like a mid card guy. Like, yeah. he was on their radar for sure. Right, right. And you've got to wonder, like, if Ludwig does not injure himself, maybe Luger beats Yokozuna at the Royal Rumble in 94. Yeah. And maybe it's Ludwig versus Luger at the top of the card at WrestleMania 10. Well, and that's why when I read that he was supposedly going to work with Earthquake at WrestleMania, I was like, I don't know if I believe that because Ludwig would have made more sense. And just like the kind of the way the company did things back then, you know, it would make sense to be a SummerSlam to WrestleMania feud. Yes. And he probably would have lost, to be fair. But I could totally have seen him in that match, in the main event of WrestleMania. That's because, like, uh, you look at guys like Bundy. He kind of was just there for two. He kind of was just there for 11, you know. Um, Like, a lot of guys were like that. You know, Um, Sid, I'm sure, was originally brought in just to do eight with Hogan. So Ludwig made perfect sense. That's the way they booked things back then. Totally agree. Yeah. yeah. That, I had Ludwig, Ludwig on my list too. So right there with you, dude. All right. All right. I'm shocked. All right, Adam. My turn. My second one heads over to TNA. So, yeah, th- that's the right expression that Eddie's uh, given right now. Knockout Roxy Laveau. Whoa. I don't know who that is. I I don't either. So, Adam, So, go. I guess the floor is mine? Yes. 100%. I thought he was going to say Christian. <laughs> but no, Christian we, won the heavyweight title. Before he went to TNA. But we're not talking I mean, about I mean, Christian. I mean, I mean, after he went no. to TNA. No, but Christian is a superstar that did. That's true. Yeah, he yeah. was huge before. Okay, mm-hmm. so tell us okay. all about Roxy LeVu. Educate Ro- us. Roxy Laveau, uh, Laveau. Uh, she debuted as, in 2007 as part of the Voodoo Kin Mafia with BG James and Kip James. And if you don't know who that is, you know them better as uh, Road Dog and Billy Gunn. You better call somebody. 
You better call somebody. <laughs> so I would fit. She is like uh, the valet to the, uh, to the Voodoo Kin Mafia. I would figure if you're a valet with those two veteran names, that's a good veteran rub that you're having on your debut. Uh, she would end up uh, taking on Christy Hemi. Uh, see, um, what was it? See Conti Classic references of Five Head, but <laughs> <laughs> but still, like men can only face men, women can only face the women. Uh, they made it very clear that was uh, going to be uh, they were going to respect that. But Roxy Laveau shows up. Her finishing move move is called the Voodoo Drop. Pretty much uh, hug. Hugs an opponent, uh, p- picks them up uh, so that their feet are wrapped around, and then just drops them right on their spine. Uh, so, she, within uh, her first six months, she wins a six sides of steel match. I believe this was also the queen of the cage to become a number one contender for the knockouts title. The downside was the champion was Awesome Kong. So her her body uh, against Awesome Kong that was not going to happen. Uh, in and then she would end up uh, being in this crazy two part match uh, against Angelina Love from The Beautiful People. She lost and therefore had to have her head shaved. So uh, she she is. Still trying to be the voodoo queen. I forgot if I mentioned that. Uh, her gimmick was she was the voodoo queen. Uh, built from New Orleans. and then Like Papa Shango? She like a voodoo child? Yeah. Pretty much like that. But <laughs> with but within one <laughs> year... like that. I don't know. Within <laughs> one year, head is shaved. She does get more aggressive, but it's it's like... That was a great gimmick to start with. Why is it being ruined so suddenly? Also, within that one year, I thought that she would be the female Undertaker. So, year two shows up. She becomes the hardcore knockout. Undertaker became uh, uh, the American badass, just wearing normal clothes, per se, uh, uh, for wrestling gear. She started wearing plaid and bold colors, but she was more herself, not the voodoo queen. She would have tag team matches, but would be derailed with an unfortunate backstage altercation, suspension, and some injuries. Uh, She would take a two-year break, would come back, but just the momentum was never there. She was herself again. Yeah, she was. uh, She was just known as Roxy by this point. Uh, Tag teaming uh, got in a few uh, knockout title matches, but would never uh, get finish the job. And I think within a few months of that second return, she does break her ankle in two places. So obviously, momentum is not on her side. Had one more return for a knockout uh, title, didn't get it. Decides to hang up the boots. I. I was really convinced if she just stuck with being the voodoo queen, she was the female undertaker. Um, there were even between uh, WWE and TNA, there were no women wrestlers that had that kind of gimmick. I thought it was something that did have life to it, uh, whether she was part of a part of a faction or uh, just had a singles career, or even if she won off 
had a tag team match with somebody and just uh, spooked the fuck out of them. I thought that uh, she had a gimmick that had life. Unfortunately, body couldn't keep up. I'm going to have to check her out because this was after I stopped watching DNA. Okay. But you do a good job of selling it. You know what I mean? Like, you make it sound pretty cool. I'm... Thank you. I've been working out. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, again, like, as usual, you come out with some shit that nobody would have ever thought of or anything. I want to know who out there is going, Adam is fucking right, dude. Probably more we, people we than you see. would think. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I'm sure we have listeners that are like, dude, Adam is spot on with this. Totally. Yeah, he's always got the kind of like out there opinion. You know what I mean? Like, thinks of shit that is not even on my radar. Mm-hmm. But th- but it, but then it makes sense. Totally. Yeah. Um, oh, before we get into the next one, um, I got a response to uh, Jonathan Dobro's tweet where I, he he live said Twitter. Uh, yeah, live Twitter where he said he'd been binge listening to the show. I responded and I said, "I'm glad you. Uh, it's helping you get through the workday." And he responded. He said, "You guys do more than that." I have been on a kick trying to listen to all the back episodes I had missed. One of my favorite podcasts out there. I truly appreciate you guys. So, and I told him, I'm going to read this on the show because we're recording right now. Well, let me tell you what. I was going to put this over earlier, but since you brought him up again, Dobro, if you need a shot of positivity in your social media timeline, follow Dobro. Mm-hmm. He's the man. There is nobody that brings good more dude. positivity to social media than Dobro. He's an awesome dude, a good brother. Give him a follow. You love him. We need that in our life. I do. Awesome. Okay, Scott, I think you're up next, right? Yes. I've actually got kind of a two-in-one here because I kind of had two guys on my list that I couldn't decide, but they're kind of from the same era. So I'm going to just throw them out there as kind of a two-in-one. First one, Adam Baum. I almost had him. Number two, Face Crush. Oh, good. Okay, that's a good one. That's a really good one. So they were both like, quote unquote, Vince guys, right? Mm -hmm. They're what you look for in the body type. They're tall. They're muscular. Later on, Adam Bomb became a fan favorite. He was a heel at first, but then he starts throwing Nerf footballs into the crowd. (laughs) (laughs) He did that? I don't remember that. And this is in the the post-Hogan era. So you're looking for kind of your next big thing. Mm -hmm. I thought... Either guy could have filled that role. But what's crazy is neither guy even ascended to, like, top of the mid-card status. Yeah, you're right. They ended up just kind of being jobbers. Like, did Adam Baum even have a WrestleMania match? I don't think he did. Crush did. did He lost to a clown. (laughs) Or technically he lost to two clowns. Yeah. (laughs) Shit. Um, if Adam Bob had a WrestleMania match, it would have been like one of those eight-man tags they used to do back then. Yeah, or it was a dark match. I don't remember him being yeah. at WrestleMania off the top of my head. But both of those guys, when they came in, Adam Bomb is a heel, Crush strictly is a face. I thought both guys were destined for the heavyweight title. And I think Crush ultimately got derailed by Doink. If Crush wins that match at nine, I think Crush goes on to bigger and better things. But that loss to a clown, I think that just killed whatever trajectory he had set for his career. 
Which is just bad booking. It, it really is. Right, I mean, it even if like, it was two clowns, like, it and it wasn't like It wasn't like Crush was going to be your top star. No, definitely not. So why like, sacrifice Adam Bomb? <laughs> yeah, that's... But, yeah. I totally agree. That was stupid. And the, But, dude, looking at both guys, like, once Adam Bomb became a face, mm-hmm. you're thinking, okay, this guy could get pushed to the moon. He has everything Vince is looking for. Like, the crowd loves him. He's throwing Nerf footballs to the kids. He's got your build. He can go in the ring. Like, he was doing high-flying moves. We reviewed him in the SummerSlam, or the uh, Survivor Series episode we did. Like, he was incredible, as was Face Crush. But So, this just in. At WrestleMania 10, Adam Bomb lost to Earthquake in 35 seconds. Oh, that was at 10? 10. Big fuck See, up. I already forgot. Wait, yeah. Earthquake was at 10? It, yeah, and he beat Adam Bomb in, in 35 seconds. Was that on the main card? Or was that a dark match? It doesn't say... Well, let me look. It doesn't say that it's not. Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it appears to have been on the main card. Wow. It was, the, I, it was uh, match number eight. Dude, I don't remember that at all. Did we review 10? I think we might have. No, we have not done 10. We haven't done 10. Okay. No. I don't remember that at all. But here you are jobbing out Adam Bomb to Earthquake, who was a big deal like four years earlier. Right. <sighs> Garbage. Yeah. Garbage. Both guys should have been near at least the top of the mid card. Totally And agree. they missed the boat completely on both. You're right. Yeah, totally. All right, I'll get into my next one. My next one is Sean O'Hare. Oh, oh okay. Right. Piper's boy. Now, I thought Sean O'Hare was going to be huge. I'd seen him in WCW. He was there for a while. He was a power punk guy. Yes, he um, was. I'd seen him a bit, but, you know, like everyone knows who listens, I, I was not a huge uh, WCW guy. Watcher, but I would like, oh, WWE's on the commercial or the Westminster fucking dog show or whatever. <laughs> oh, the or US that, Open's on. Fuck. Yeah, I was going to say that stupid tennis thing, the US Open. I couldn't think of the name of it. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the stupid tennis thing is on. I'm going to watch WCW. <laughs> um, so I was aware of Sean O'Hare. You know, Paul Orndorff trained him. Yeah, the power, yeah, the power plant. Right. Yep. He ran the power plant then. Yes, he did. So he was mostly a tag team guy. He started out with Jindrak, who also, he was like a power plant graduate at the same time. And then he teamed up with Palumbo later. They ended up winning the tag team titles from DDP and Nash, which is like, that's a big deal. Yep. Right, to beat DDP and Nash. for the Now, this is in 2001, so this is later on. But still, you know, like, that's no joke to beat those guys. Those, those are huge names. Totally. I mean, they're both in the Hall of Fame. Or mm-hmm. DDP's not yet, right? But he will be. I think he is. Um, no, DDP's in. He dude. is. He is okay. Okay, um, so he comes over to WWE in the invasion. He showed up um, a little bit after it started, like a month or two after it started. Um, he's with Palumbo. They start working with the Hardys and the APA. They show up as WCW Tag Team Champions, and they pretty quickly lose it to Taker and Kane. And that was sort of the end of them. They like they fizzled out pretty quickly after that. Mm-hmm. But then here's where he got really good. Where I thought this guy is going to be huge. 
he starts doing this devil's advocate gimmick. And anyone anyone listening to this who's never seen any of these vignettes, go on YouTube and just type in Sean O'Hare vignette w, uh, 2001, something like that. And by the way, they that is so- O-apostrophe-H-A-I-R-E for Thank spelling. You. Thank you. Yeah. These vignettes were the coolest... WWE's always done a really good job with these vignettes they do with new characters, but these were some of the best ones I'd ever seen. So it's him. A lot of times he was in a like a uh, trench coat, and he's in an all white background, like you know that all white background you take like your pictures at senior prom at, mm-hmm. like with with that thing. He's like that, and he's doing these gimmicks where he's like, you know what? Why should you pay your taxes? I don't think you should. Or you know like, why should you? Who cares about your wife? Go bang other chicks. Like he's saying all this crazy shit. Like you, talk, you know, doing and and he would always finish the promos off with, "Hey, I'm not telling you anything you didn't already know." And they were so cool. These vignettes were great. And I was at the time I was watching them. I'm like, these are Vince produced vignettes. Vince McMahon is very involved with this character. You just could tell. And he had a Vince look. He had the really cool long hair. He was huge. He had to be like six three or four. He had some tattoos on his wrist. Um, big fucking guy. He could move around in the ring well. He was decent in the ring. He was never anything special, you know. He was he, he was not the guy who was going to have a, a five star match or even a seven star match in Japan. Right, like Kenny Olivier. But, right, but he was a good character, and he was the guy to me. I was like, he's going to be world champion. Like I could see him maybe getting in a feud with Undertaker. And beating him, and maybe being champ for like a few months, and you know, being like a future Hall of Famer. Like I saw money on this motherfucker, and um, I guess nobody else did. Um, he ended up dropping the gimmick fairly quickly. He ended up getting, and like you said, he was Piper's boy. Piper was a manager for a while, for a few months, and then that went away. They got rid of Piper. The gimmick went away not long after that. Um, he ended up crashing his fucking motorcycle and needed stitches, so he needed uh, t- <laughs> he needed some time off for stitches. Which I'm like, where were the stitches? Like they must have been like in his face or throat or something. Maybe his butthole. Um, could be. Like, I, I wouldn't mean, be I able to think... move if I needed stitches in my butthole. No, I mean that would definitely like uh, give you a um... yeah, that would lower your dexterity if you had stitches in your butthole. Right, it would make it difficult to jump. Right, and he di- he did a swanton, didn't he? Yeah, or something like something like yeah. You can't do a swanton with stitches in your butthole. Definitely um, not. Yeah, so we got some big wins. He beat Rikishi, Benoit, Eddie, um, but that was kind of it. He worked in Japan in the Indies for a minute. He went into MMA for a little bit, and that was. And then he retired. He got arrested a bunch of times, and then in 2014 he hung himself. Um, and then it came out that he'd gone to WWE re- rehab six times. Fuck, and I was like, really? Damn, man, he went to rehab six times and still hung himself. Yeah, he just couldn't get over his addiction problems. Um, and then I was like, damn, dude, like two guys on my list hung or killed themselves. I was just going to um, point that out. You have a trend. Yeah, but it was really weird. It was just one of those things where you're like, he's a Vince McMahon guy. Like, Vince McMahon should see money on this guy. And I don't know what happened. I like, I really, I don't know. Like, it, I could see maybe um, Borga didn't. Couldn't um, recover from the ankle ankle injury, but Sean O'Hare got stitches. <laughs> don't you those know? dissolve so, in most cases? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know, but um, yeah, I told, I saw money on that guy. You know what? You're completely right, dude. I thought O'Hare was going to be a big deal, like mm-hmm. especially like hooking him up with Piper. 
Totally. I thought that was going to kind of be that rub that would get him to the next level. Mm-hmm. And it just never happened. And yeah. I was hoping for more from him because he clearly was the bigger star of Jindrak and O'Hare. Like oh, by you far. S- yeah, you saw way more potential in O'Hare. And it just it never came to fruition. And for whatever reason, like Stitches apparently derailed his career. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who, whoever heard of that? That's like even lamer than um, what the fuck's his name with the broken foot? Um, Ludwig Borga? No, 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 no. The um, Sonny's boyfriend. Oh, Candido. Candido. Yeah, he died from a broken ankle. Like, dude. Sean O'Hare lost his career to stitches. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Adam. Your turn. All right. So, you said Sean O'Hare. Before I get into my last one, let me just uh, mention from my honorable mentions, Chuck Palumbo. Oh, <laughs> there you go. So, I guess, okay. really quick on him, uh, after after Billy and Chuck, he became a mo- <laughs> he was the motorcycle guy. Uh, by this point, JBL is on commentary. It could have been, like, seriously, for two months straight after his debut, he has a good winning streak every single time. JBL saying, this guy's going to be a champion. Just watch. Like, I already know Chuck Palumbo, and now he's getting a great rub from JBL. And then he. And then he, uh, start. He partners up with Jamie Noble, and then beats him up. So. Then he just turns into a bully, not a threat anymore. So, honorable mention, Chuck Palumbo. Good one. Eddie just peed in a bag. Could you hear it, or could you see it? I both. I heard, heard it, and I saw it. I'm gonna have to put. I'm gonna have to put. A, <laughs> I'm gonna have to put a noise gate. On the no, thing no, so leave it. Can hear that. Leave it. All those sounds that you just heard were piss in a bag. <laughs> Luckily, Dude, none of it a, is on the recorder. But it's an actual pee bag. Like it's designed for that. I get them. I get them from work. Like I work <laughs> out of a truck all day. Yeah. Where you can't. You know what I mean? Like you have to. I'm, you gotta fulfill your number one priority, and this is why it was made. Whatever, there ain't okay. no shame in my game. We need to do it like a three-hour show where you have to duty in a bag. <laughs> why? Well, I'll bring the bucket. I have a bucket for that. I'll bring it home. <laughs> Dude, we'll get our biggest download can't count ever in Germany. <laughs> shit, I love that shit. Literally, yeah, also, also in Brazil, where two bellas, one cup was filmed. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> that right, Scott, you're next. Okay. Oh no, that that was just my honorable. No, Adam, a- that oh, was Adam just an honorable mention for Adam. I, I I squeezed in an honorable. Okay, here we go. My number three. The only reason why this wrestler is on my list is because as of this recording, is not signed to a pr- to a main promotion. Ruby Riot. Wow, Adam, thank you. I totally didn't even think to mention her. And I'm probably the world's biggest Ruby Riot fan. I fucking love Ruby Riot, dude. And oh. when they, of all the releases they've done in the last two years, that's the one that hurt me the most. Okay. So y'all just heard that reaction from Eddie. We are going to get back into that or in a little bit. But let me go over what uh, why I put Ruby Riot on there. Okay, so... 
TLC is at the Shark Tank in 2018, and I always cherish uh, the opportunity. Um, I was there. And so... Shot. Okay. There you go. All right. It is Natalia versus Ruby Riot in a tables match. Leading up to this, uh, Riot Squad pestering Natalia. She breaks Anvil's sunglasses. That's right. That was you cool. You remember that. So, I R- mean, right after he died. Yeah. Yeah. Th- I mean, yeah, this is still pretty fresh. So, I mean, Natalia, as tough as she is, as she is, like, she's been the wrestler during the Braun Panties era, and now they are caught in now the women's revolution. She's done it all. She deserves everything. This was a side that I've never seen with her. She got crushed. She broke down. Uh, and then, dur- and then at, uh, at TLC... She's coming in ready for war. Riot Squad then pulls out a table with Anvil, uh, Anvil's picture on it. Uh, what, whatever Fucking it was, taped on. That is that is messed up. Luckily, Natalia uh, gets the victory. Oh yeah, there was also one spot where she was uh, charging at Ruby right on the on the apron. Liv was right behind her, or it was Sarah. I forget. Jumps out of the way and. Liv or Sarah uh, gets hit into a table. Uh, but then uh, Natalia get, gets the victory, uh, puts Ruby through a table. It's, it's like she uh, like she really honored uh, the Hart uh, family name in that one. Totally. So I don't think you get that kind of sadistic storyline with said member uh, of that family without the permission of uh, that wrestler who is part of that family. Right, totally. So, like, still, Women's Revolution, Natalia would be that veteran experience leading up to that, and that I believe that's a huge rub uh, from her, as well as from, like, the Hart family in general. And that's Natalia mm -hmm. being old school, you know, being like... Use something like this for real. Get legit heat. Get yourself booed. Make mm-hmm. people hate you. And my dad would fucking love it because my dad dressed up like a Klansman to attack Virgil once in Reno. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that was good shit. Get your heat. Yeah. To- totally. So So yeah, this is just a seriously sadistic move. It just shows that she does have range. Uh, whether she's part of the Riot Squad or eventually breaks off to be a singles star, she could like she has the power to do more sadistic shit against uh, any other wrestler. Uh, af- unfortunately, injuries uh, derail her. At- when she comes back, she attacks Liv Morgan. I got a sense from that persona that she was going to be a female version of Kevin Owens. Like. Just what is re- that like? Like she gonna like, get a big belly and it's like she would be like stop. Ruby Stomach? Not okay. <laughs> not not like that. But really, <laughs> but really think, really thinking about uh, herself. Like she's all in just for herself. Or that. <laughs> <laughs> 
What did I say? So, sorry. No, Scott killed me with that okay. <laughs> stomach joke. We love but Kevin Owens. There's Let's a big backstory it, to it that I'm not going to get into. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. in a later show. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Uh, she's like Kevin Owens because any friends that she's had in the past, uh, she burns those bridges. Uh, and then. Fuck them. I just uh, wish that she did have a good, thorough singles run. Maybe the distraction of the value of the brand new women's tag titles got in the way. She comes back to Liv Morgan. They team up. And so, you're, when I, back a few minutes ago, when I initially said, Ruby Wright, you heard Eddie's reaction. So, earlier this year, at the, at the Drunker Dome, we're watching uh, WrestleMania together. And, uh, yes, I was there. At third place, but whatever. <laughs> I, I just got to milk every opportunity to say that. I don't know if that warrants a shot. Pro- probably not. I got a shot. There you All go. All right, I got one too. Let's do this. Okay, so during, Cheers. during the tag team turmoil match, uh, Ruby, Ruby is the one that gets the pinfall against uh, whoever the team was that uh, got an elimination. I don't know if you remember this. Eddie jumps out of his chair, goes, Yes! Ruby Wright got a WrestleMania pinfall! That's right. There, If she just had a good throw singles run, she was going to make it. She was eventually, I would say, maybe not, I don't know about being a Rumble winner, but a women's title was uh, going to be in her future. Unfortunately, got released. Wasn't the case. Yep. I totally agree with you, dude, and I, I don't know why she wasn't on my radar, but that's an excellent pick. Um, I'd also like to add, Ruby Riot had Ronda Rousey's best match. Um, that's I right. I think it was like the maybe the night after the Rumble 2019, right around there, right, right in that January 2019. Killer fucking match. It was her best match, too, but it was definitely um, Ronda's best match until she had a match with Sasha. But it was like, whoa. Like, and I was like, that's how good she is. She, she can have a match with Because Ronda Rousey was still a rookie at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, so Ruby was guiding her through it. Killer match, killer character, great look. I love her every Women Crush Wednesday when people say, who's your Women Crush? I put, I put Ruby Riot up like pretty much every week. Every week. Love Ruby Riot. Even if she wasn't at, chow, at championship caliber. You could just see she was going to get there. She was going to find a way. But, but Do you damn. think that if Ronda Rousey doesn't go into the WWE, Ruby Riot is a champion at some point? No, I don't. Um, because I think she's one of those people who's just too different to where Vince can't wrap his head around it. You know, like some people are that way where Vince, whatever it is, Vince doesn't see it on that person. You know, and we've seen it happen a million times. Like someone who's a little too much. Like Daniel Bryan barely got to that point. Um, and it, Vince was forced to make him the top guy. He was, you know, yeah, and he didn't want to. And I think Ruby's that way. Like as great as she is, and I might, to be fair, I might even be, or I, I mean, I guess not because Adam thinks she's that good too. She um, is that good, dude. I totally yeah. agree. Okay, so you think that too? I thought she was great as soon as I saw her in NXT, and she had that triple threat match with Oscar and maybe Ember. I forget. I forget who the third person was. Killer fucking match. Um, I don't know. Just sometimes Vince gets someone who's perfect and just doesn't get it. And I think she kind of fell victim to that, to where Vince just doesn't know how to use someone. 
you know um i hope that's all there is him wrong like end up in aew or impact or nwa or njpw and prove him wrong so of everyone who's left wwe in the last year that's probably the one i want most to go to aew because two things one is i just want to see her again two i think the women's division over there needs some help it does. And I think Sorely. she's the one. Yeah, right. I think they they have a few people who are really good. They have a few who are pretty bad, and but have potential. You know, who could be good with someone to work with, someone to. Some of them haven't haven't been wrestling that long. That'd be interesting. You know, I, be, I, I would think that division yeah. could benefit from having a veteran like her. Even though she hasn't challenged everybody since becoming champion, I it kind of feels like. Britt Baker has kind of cleaned house with uh, every challenge uh, she's had or with any possible championship contender without facing everybody. Ruby Wright would be a fantastic one to go up against her. And there you go. Give me Britt Baker versus uh, Ruby Wright. That'd be an awesome match. Yeah. All right. Scott, you're up next. Uh, My last one is Chris Masters. Oh, fuck. Whoa! And you, and you hate him with a passion, but I can't overlook what he brought to the table, and that is, as I mentioned with Adam Baum and Face Crush, he is everything you look for in a guy to be at the top of the card. If you're Vince McMahon, he had right. the body, he mm-hmm. could talk. They showcased him for months. And he never broke through that like tag team slash mid card guy. They they never felt that they could put the strap on him or put the rocket on him. <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> I said strap on. <laughs> they never put a tag title or an IC title or a US title. He, he wasn't that guy. They they never viewed it, even though they were booking him as that guy, the Master Lock Challenge. They never pushed him to that next level. Right. I think the height of his run in WWE was maybe facing Shawn Michaels, or perhaps it was the tag team with Carlito. But he never amounted to more than that. And, well, and he, he had, had that fan- he had that fantastic match with Shawn at I yes. think it was Unforgiven two thousand five. Yes, great and match, and you would have thought that that would be the match to move him up to the next level. Exactly, and maybe it was a case of bad booking. Like that's where Masters really could have used a win to kind of make that step up. But right. they gave the win to HBK, and much like with Crush losing to Doink or Double Doinks at WrestleMania <laughs> Nine, Chris Masters loses to Shawn Michaels at that pay per view. And he never ascended to anything more than like a tag team or mid card singles guy. But I didn't even think losing to Sean was that big of a deal because, for one, Sean didn't get out of his finisher. Right? They protected Correct. the master lock. Yes, they did. And there's no, I think I said this on that episode, there's no shame in losing to Shawn Michaels. But you, you know would what think I mean? that like, he would be given a win. You know what I mean? Okay, HBK takes this one, and then you give Chris Masters one back because WWE loves 50-50 booking. Well, okay, that's true. Yeah, but I think you can lose to someone. I think you can ultimately lose to someone and still come out looking really, really good. And I thought in, in that in that single match, he looked really good. You're I agree right. with you. You're right. They could have had a rematch, and he could have won. Um, but I don't know what happened. Like, Do you have any idea why 
why he didn't go further than he was. I remember Punk cut a promo one time mentioning Chris Masters. Like, Punk thought he was good. Oh, and then they brought him back think for it was a backstage attitude, right? I would think so. Yeah, I can't think. And I've never, I've actually never heard anything about him. I wonder if it was one of those things where Vince was like, this guy just doesn't have the drive. I remember he was on Soul Cold's podcast and he said that about Cesaro. He was like, yeah, he's good. He just doesn't have that drive to be the best. I wonder if somehow that was the thing with Masters. Not that he had an attitude or was a douchebag backstage, but they just didn't see him having that, like, that thing. You know what I mean? Like, wanting it or working toward it. I can't think of anything else that would have derailed him. He, yeah, had, ne- he was like, you talk about Lex Luger being the total package. Mm-hmm. I think Chris Masters, honestly, was the total. I, I hate the guy. Yep. I hate. I hated his character. I hated everything, but he had the total package that Vince was looking for. I thought on paper, on TV, he had everything, but it had to be a backstage thing that we didn't see as fans totally. as to why he or never news ascended. That's not on the internet. Possibly, it was a gimmick that had life. It really did. He, it he, really Greg did. could even drop it, and he could still just be Chris Masters and wreck bodies uh, day in day out. Like he seemed to be like the the 2000s version of the narcissist, right? Like that that whole gimmick was kind of scrapped when Lex Luger became like the all American slamming Yokozuna on an aircraft carrier. But it was a great gimmick. It was a great, but it kind of seemed like it ended abruptly. Like mm-hmm. Masters seemed to to take that narcissist gimmick and bring it into the 2000s, and you're thinking, okay, this is where that gimmick gets fleshed out. It comes to life. We're going to see it in Chris Masters, like what they kind of envisioned for that narcissist role. Well, apparently, if that's the case, it, it was never going to wear a title. You're totally right, dude. I completely agree with that. That's a really, that's an excellent pick. Thank you. Thank you. You keep me around for a reason. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right. I'll get into my last one. Uh, my last one is Alex Riley. Oh, oh shit! Now I oh. thought Alex Riley. I thought this guy had so much potential. So he Great was one of the on him, dude. Right. So he was one of the first homegrown guys. He started in FCW way back then. Um, you know, he was pre NXT. He ended up being on the season two of the NXT TV show, and he had Miz for his mentor. He finished third, which like that's pretty good, you know. Um, and realistically, he had a better career than Loki did <laughs> that um, is very true oh by right? a long shot so he started showing he up won, on raw with he the won Miz. nxt and then wanted to get the intercontinental title that's no drive sorry i had to get yeah. that out go for it <laughs> so he started showing up on a raw with the miz and the miz announced that he had signed him to a personal services contract which sounded vaguely like virgil and ted dibiase's agreement right or like a male escort kind of thing Oh, yeah, maybe. I didn't think about that. <laughs> so he kind of would fight Miz's fights for him. He ended up having a, a cage match with Cena. So, like, he came in. Like, his timing was perfect. He came in when Miz was at his peak. That's no joke. Yeah, cage match with Cena on Raw. That's, yeah, exactly. That's no joke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he came to the ring with Miz at WrestleMania 27 when he wrestled Cena in the main event. He got involved with the match. I think he hit Cena with a chair or something. Um, so now he's like involved in a main event at WrestleMania. That's right. his, he All was right. the number three guy in the ring. That's a step away from as big as it gets. 
It's also slightly Virgil-esque because Virgil was involved in the main event at four. But I still thought he had a huge amount of potential. So he was great with The Miz. Killer on the mic. Talk shit. Came off as a complete douchebag. He would wear Bluetooth, (laughs) which was great (laughs) because there weren't a lot of people walking around with Bluetooths back then because most of them kind of sucked. And I forget who it was that he cut a promo on, but he was like something like, yeah, I'm with The Miz, and I'm going to have an awesome career, and you're not with him. And because of that, you'll never have this. And he pointed at the Bluetooth, which is just completely I think you'll absurd. You'll never own a Bluetooth. I think it's, Yeah, you'll never have a Bluetooth. It's at the time, like, even Bluetooths were kind of like a status symbol a bit. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so this that's is like a good 2000. Rub. That's a fantastic rub off of the Miz. Yeah. yeah, and this is like 2012. Like, if any of you guys are listening to this and you're like younger than like 30, in 2012, having a Bluetooth was kind of a. But a lot of people didn't have them. It was like yeah. having a pager in the early 90s. <laughs> yeah, right. God damn, that too. You're totally right. <laughs> <laughs> um,. So he was the Miz's guy. He ends up getting drafted to SmackDown, separated from the Miz, but he still showed up on Raw. Ends up turning on Miz, gets tired of Miz's shit, turned him babyface, which kind of was sort of the end of him because he was way better as a heel. He was I don't I wouldn't even say he was mediocre as a face. He kind of sucked as a babyface. And that was sort of it. They sort of fucked him over by doing that. He ends up going back to NXT. He got put on a commentary in NXT, and then he worked with Kevin Owens for a minute, and um, he got jobbed out a few times, and then he got hurt, and that was it. That was the end of him. And Damn, I he just was thought, really good, Damn. dude. He was so good. I thought he had so much potential. I thought he was a great talker. He had a great look. You know what I mean? He had a good build, You know, good-looking dude, good hair, everything, everything about him. You loved um, him. I, I loved him. I loved him. I thought he was... I was, saw so much potential in that dude. I saw him, and from day one, I was like, this dude is money. I don't know if he's ever going to be world champion, but he's going to be He's gonna be around for a long time. He's going to make a lot of money, and he's going to uh, end up being a Hall of Famer. The dude is a superstar. And I really feel like he's a guy who was a victim of bad booking. And um, just because of the rest of my list, I have him on Suicide Watch. Yeah, we should probably put him on there. Yeah, we're yeah, your keeping list has a trend him. for sure. Mm-hmm. Totally. Oh no, that's a fantastic pick. I'm, yeah, and I'm, kinda, I'm t- really blown away by that one. <laughs> and I have two honorable mentions. Uh, one of them would have probably made my list, but he's back with the company now, and I don't know where it's going to go. Wade Barrett. Oh yeah. I think mm-hmm. I think Wade Barrett could have been a huge, huge, huge star. But I also think he's young enough that he could get back in the ring. You know, he I could. don't think I don't know I don't I don't know what's gonna happen with Way Barrett. I hope he gets back in the ring and I hope he has a huge career. I he don't know so if he good. will. But yeah, that guy was fucking fantastic. My other honorable mention, which I just thought of like a couple hours ago, Enzo Amore. Oh my god. That hmm. dude you know what? He was fucking great. He was he fine to in the grow ring. Up, dude. He was a hundred percent agree, but everything with him was, was backstage. I know. He fucked himself over because he was a lunatic. Yeah. But, man, a guy you talk about a guy with potential, and he's another Leo Rush-type guy. His money was oh, as a manager. talk. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't think he... Maybe he could have had, like, an upper... Like, a... Maybe he could have been, like, Icy Champ or something for a bit. 
but his real potential was a man as a manager. He yep. was great. I could you see know? it too. Same thing. Be a manager, and he like he's not just a manager. Same thing of I wouldn't do anything that I wouldn't do my or I wouldn't have you do anything that I wouldn't do myself because he literally did do himself. Hmm. He, hmm. Meaning okay. Meaning that he's willing to go in the ring and fight. Yeah. Okay. Well, after we're done recording, I might do, go do myself. And I think it's time to take this please home for so the I can go love, do myself, Adam. Please, for the love of God, don't. I mean, you do you, but don't record it. <laughs> maybe. Well, maybe this yeah, expired I, shit is getting to me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Adam. Let's take it home. We takes, got two more episodes. That to go. takes care of superstars that weren't. What'd you think of our list and who was on your list uh, that uh, uh, may have been that one that just didn't get uh, the right push? Uh, please let us know on the social media platforms and please leave us reviews on uh, all the platforms where the podcast is on. We'd love to hear all those so we could have a great drunken wrestling adventure that's also bingeable for everybody because that apparently is the trend. So, with that said, with Scott and with Eddie, I'm Adam reminding you to follow common sense safety guidelines. Please enjoy your buzz. Watch wrestling responsibly. Drink like nobody's watching. We will see you next week with another great episode. One, two, three. Ring it. See y'all. Dive. RCD. RCD.
time for a breakdown. Never gonna get it, 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 never gonna get it. Whoa, 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 whoa! Never gonna get it. 